Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So it feels a bit, uh, a bit strange. Very strange. <laughs> Are you really, strange? Don't really know what I'm doing. No. <laughs> I feel really out of practice. At these levels, I feel like we're a bit hot, hot on the microphones. Give me some proper chat. Like, hello, to, yeah. how are you? Well, I've got a bit of a sore throat. I know. So, I well, mean, it's not sore, but... Worst timing ever. Yeah. I actually also am a little bit bummed up. Are you really? Yeah. We, guys, we're back from our summer break <laughs> and we're ruined. And we're, we're really ill. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try a new intro. I think we're going to have to do it again in a few weeks because we're both so sick. Or today. <laughs> but we'll, we'll give it a go. Right. Um, so I guess like before. Oh dear. Just roll with it. I, I guess I just. Yeah, I don't really yeah. remember. What. No, no, but just let's see what happens. All right. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast. Uh, I'm Sam from Seen Through Glass. Oh, I'm Tony from Gravelwood Castle. No, no. <laughs> Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast. I'm Sam from Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And each week you can listen to us talk about cars, cars, just... All cars, mate. Just cars, just cars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really most podcast players. You can also watch us on YouTube. Subscribe now, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Is there anything else we want to ask these lovely people to do, Tony? Yeah, give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> give us some money. Send yeah. us money at tonyandsam <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, or give us a five-star review on any of those platforms we just mentioned. Anyway, we hope you enjoy the episode. We're back. We are. We are back. But we're not well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've ever been well, mate. No, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is our big return. Yeah. Uh, series six. Here we are. Oh, is wow. It? Yeah, Hello. launching a new season after a four week break. I know. Amazing. If for some reason you are a new listener to this podcast or a new viewer, hello YouTube viewers, uh, we have that just returned from our summer break. And embarrassingly, we've come back in worse shape than when we left. Yeah, it's supposed to go on and have a rest, but actually I need another holiday <laughs> to get over the holiday I've had. <laughs> Tony's sick. I am recovering from sickness. I think it's kind of like a post-summer cold. Everyone's going to shout covid we're fairly certain it's not COVID. We've had COVID, both of us. This does not feel like COVID. No, 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 no. Just a little bit sick. Just a little... You overdid, we overdid it in our holidays. Yeah, I'm not... Like, I actually feel all right. I've just got a bit of a croaky voice. I've, I had a little bit of a headache at the start of the weekend. It's now uh, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It's now Tuesday. It's the mm -hmm. other end of the weekend. But um, 
Yeah, mate, it's when I get on a plane and stuff, you know? Yeah, that weird air conditioning. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and you know what else does me as well? You know when you're in a hotel room and it's boiling hot in, in Europe, you've got the air con all the while? I think that, that gives you a bit of a sore throat and dries you out, doesn't it? So 100%. Apparently yeah. you're not supposed to have air con on overnight. Oh. You'd leave it on overnight? Apparently it's very dangerous. But Really? Yeah, I didn't know this. Apparently it's very dangerous. You're supposed to always turn air conditioning off at, when you go to sleep. But hold on a minute, then you'd be boiling in the middle of the night. Well, uh, you know, at least you wouldn't be dead. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> You've done it all the while. Yeah, I don't know, maybe an old wives tell this, but uh, someone told me one time, it's very dangerous. Uh, anyway, well, long story short, yes, we're here and we're sick, uh, which isn't ideal, because we were supposed to be launching season six with a whole new intro, a refreshed intro, because if you've been watching this podcast for a while, you'll know that our, our intro is a bit out of date. It was filmed at my old studio yeah. a couple of years ago now. We looked a bit weird in it, the cars yeah. behind me. They were, were old we no the old cars. Yeah, they were rotting. Oh, God, look, rotten. Our studio looked rotten. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we'll come back. We'll just start with a whole new intro. And then we both walked in this morning. We're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So you might have to stay tuned. I think new intro coming soon-ish. But this is the new studio. New, yeah. New and improved, finally. Yeah. Um, there's still some work to be done. Uh, again, I keep referencing the YouTube viewers, but... Actually, let's be honest, it's our biggest audience these days. New viewers, just to <laughs> clarify, we are clueless. This is an automotive podcast, but it's done by two really uninformed enthusiasts. No! Speak <laughs> <laughs> for yourself! No, definitely Tony, who will be way too over-opinionated and say stupid things that no one really believes or understands. And I will 100% uh, mess things up uh, and get things wrong as well. So uh, that's just it, just giving you a prior warning. But yeah. we have a great time. But we hope we? you enjoy it. Yeah, we enjoy <laughs> it. And we enjoy doing it in this, yeah, in this new studio. So this is our new base, at least for it's quite nice. the foreseeable oh, future. Old car. Yeah, there's a big picture, a nice bit of artwork of my 911 Carrera during Drive the World. Yeah, very nice. So we will be adding to this, but it's a good setup for now. And uh, and you know what? I'm just happy to be here. Even though we are a bit sick, it's good to be back, mate. Well, we got more comfortable chairs, at least. we got more comfortable Which is chairs. Nice. I don't want to say I missed you, but I missed doing these podcasts. Yeah, me too, actually, yeah. yeah. And interacting with the audience. It's always funny yeah. each week. We have a nice little chat. You did miss me, mate. Don't tell us. <laughs> you would have won a hundred percent after about four days. You get like withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Sending me links to autocar articles. <laughs> oh, I wish we could talk about this. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> well, look. Uh, in the episodes ahead, we've got a lot to catch up on because not only was our holiday. Well, pointless because we come back, yeah, I say more rundown than before we left. It was also the worst timed holiday ever because the automotive world went insane went whilst mad, we were away. Didn't it? Yeah. We've had like 35 new car launches and like proper serious new car yeah. launches. We've had huge developments in F1, in uh, the EV industry. We've had manufacturers starting to talk about being publicly listed. I mean, there's so much to discuss. Yeah. As well as what we actually did in our time off. Yeah. But today, I think we've got to kick things off with, as I say, those new cars. Right. Because genuinely, almost immediately after we stopped recording, there was Car Week in Monterey, and yeah. it felt like every big new car launched there. Well, there was one really big car that didn't launch there. Oh. Oh. Ah. Are we talking about the Pudo Sangue? The F-U-V. <laughs> Have you figured out how to pronounce it yet? <laughs> no idea. No. Puro Sang, Puro Sangue, Porang Thuang. Because the Italians will have some flair to it that we won't be able to achieve. 
No idea, mate. No idea. It's, okay. a, it's, it's, it's the Ferrari SUV as far as I'm concerned. And people say, it's not an SUV, it's an FUV. Ferrari won't like you calling it an, an SUV. It's an SUV. <laughs> It really That's is. the end of it. It really is. Yeah. But Ferrari determined for it to be a Ferrari utility vehicle, yeah, not yeah. a sports utility yeah, vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course, we're going to come back to talking about that because chronologically, it was one of the last cars to launch in the list of cars that I've got written down. And there's one which I think you, well, I guess you'd be far more excited to talk about, the new 3RS finally unveiled. Yeah. Well, we knew it was coming, didn't we? I mean... But, but we knew it was coming. Yeah. We didn't know... The extent to which Porsche had taken it, I don't think. Now, I'm assuming you're a bit more read up about this car than, than I am. Mm. I was in Indonesia when the car launched, not looking at my phone a whole lot, i got to be don't honest. Don't have tellies there. Well, they, of course, they have internet and TVs and things, but I was on holiday. I was like, I'll read about it when I get back, and then I got back and I forgot. So, it's too late. <laughs> too late. All I all I know, and I say, I, I want you to sort of, you know, run, run away with this because it's kind of one of your dream cars, is to me, it, it looked as extreme as we were expecting based on spy shots. The thing that baffled me were the four dials on the steering wheel that seemed to be able to adjust a million things yeah. at the switch of a button, which just seems unnecessary. Mm. And the kind of, I guess, push towards a- active or, or or adjustable aero? Both. But, okay, but active wow. and adjustable, yeah. Okay, so wh- t- go on. Tell me your thoughts. When it, when it was finally unveiled, what did you think? <clears throat> uh, well, first of all, it's not my dream car, mate. I, I, I think that car is overcomplicated now for the road. Interesting. I think they've gone too far with it, if I'm honest. Would I have one? Of course. Um, uh, mainly because I don't drive my cars in this country anymore. Um, and on a nice road in Europe, it would still be all right. But I think in general terms, that car will be unbearable. In In the fact that it's gone too far the other way, it's gone... They really have chased lap times and race car set up like um the videos that i watched and the stuff that i read it is like literally basically a cup car with number plates i mean that's too far for 80 percent of the people that are going to buy them cars for sure because all right listen maybe not in europe so much or germany in particular because they buy them cars to take them straight to the Nürburgring. Fine, no problem. And there's be some UK billies that will do exactly the same thing. But in general, people that buy them cars won't do a huge amount of miles in them. It will be, I mean, the last car, I mean, the, the GT3 even that you've got coming, is quite f- firm on the road. And, and the last free RS was firm enough and I used to hate driving it in the UK really yeah yeah that's why I used to done so many track days in it and and drove it in Europe and actually I didn't really like driving it in Europe that much because on big windy roads and hairpins and stuff yeah it's okay going in but coming out when you're going up a big alp it's got no power and it's a car for high speed cornering. It's a momentum car, okay. so um, like a lot of NA cars are, you've got to keep them up in the revs. You've got to keep them going. Um, and as soon as you come to a stop or or low speed, you've got to get that engine revving again. And it, it it's why in general now I like turbocharged cars for the road because they'll just punt you out of a corner or 
not so much on track because you're keeping an average speed. And that's why Nürburgring times are always like mild because it's an average speed track. It's a momentum track. You keep a high speed up. Um, and on most other tracks, um, the times are not relevant because, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of tracks have really slow speeds and they've got to get back up to speed again. So, um, I, I, obviously I'd have one and I'd use it as intended. I'd use it on track. I'd use it in Europe. I'm not sure I'd really, I, I think it's too much. It hasn't got a boot anymore. It's not practical as it was. I, I think it's too fussy. It's far too technical for th- most human beings. You know, if you're, listen, if you're a proper race driver or you know what you're doing then buttons are great i'm going to set this but actually most people won't even know how to set them i mean you're just going to listen to some bloke that thinks he knows do you know what i mean so a racing driver gets straight in he knows exactly what to do and you know with the with the 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 power transfer and and you you know you want that wheel braking and and you want the the diff tightened up because you want the car to pull you around more so i'm just going to turn the settings but most people won't have a clue and by the way you won't be going fast enough on the road. So I, I really, I, I think it's a bit pointless, mate, if I'm honest. I'm I'm surprised to hear you say it, but I'm quite relieved that you are saying it. Yeah. I, the reason I said your dream car, because obviously the previous generation was one of your favourite cars. You, you enjoyed that so much. You've spoken about it so many times on this podcast. A car that you absolutely loved. And we actually took off into Ireland and did a bit of a road trip in. I also really enjoyed. I've never really been... Uh, an RS enthusiast because I just don't I don't do many track days yeah I, I love road car driving yeah uh, oh sorry road driving in cars uh, and so for me the the standard GT3 was always enough um, the RS was just a bit too track focused and then when this new car launched I was like oh my god and you're right with what you say about you know most people I'm sure people will be able to figure out what those switches do and I'm sure in your hand over the Porsche salesman is going to tell you you know I just use it but what it's going to lead to is Hmm, what differential setting did you have going up Col de Torini? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you have your DRS active during co- Yeah. And probably lead to a whole load of crashes, <laughs> but also a load of really boring conversations. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like that Pravada, you know, there's the sort of, it was the PTS thing. Oh, I've got a painter soundboard GT3. It's like, oh, I've got the highest mileage GT3. And like, now it's going to be like, oh, I only drive my 3RS in blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what the options are or the settings can be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically different suspension that okay. you can adjust. You want it, you haven't got to lay underneath the car and, and uh, it's all electronic now. It's obviously, you've got, you can back your traction control off like the AMG GTR and the Black Series. You can do that as well now. Again, that's in the race cars, in most race cars. And I think there's a brake in one as well. I'm not 100% sure, but there's four on there. Um, and there might be a brake in one as well. So... Again, that's on a race car as well because you want the AB, some. Sometimes the ABS comes in early. Sometimes you want it in later. It depends on on what's what. But really, that's for a racing driver, mate. Because yeah. most people won't get to that capabilities. It's definitely for me separated the standard GT3 and the RS more than ever before. Like it's made that RS way more extreme, I think, than the standard GT3. Even if the standard GT3 is more extreme than any of the previous variants. Yeah, and I and I think actually the 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 sweet spot. For in all seriousness, without messing around, the sweet spot for GT threes now is the nine nine one dot two for the road, mm. because because yeah, it's not anywhere near as good as the car you're getting for sure, and it hasn't got the wishbone suspension, and you know it won't be set up as well. But but actually, for the road, you don't 
actually need all that. Like, as we've said it before, how fast can you actually go on the road? You know? According to you, quite fast. (laughs) Some would say, yeah. (laughs) Some would say I'm terrible. But but yeah, but like like uh me me going away these last couple of weeks with all different cars, I wouldn't have gone any faster in my car as I would in any other car. Similar you know, like okay, I might have had a little little splurt down a straight on a on a sprint and it might have been a second faster or half a second faster but then in three minutes you catch the car back up because it slows back down or sits in traffic again or goes for a village or of like, course I mean it's a running theme of this podcast is you know have cars gone too far and funny enough it's something that you know I was looking at some pieces previously when I went to film uh, a few weeks ago um, uh, with a uh, sorry I'm going to complete my mic with a Ferrari 430 and some initial reviews of that all those years ago were journalists saying oh have we gone too far? Has the world gone crazy? If Ferrari pushed it too far, we don't need all this power. But that is a pile of shit. (laughs) (laughs) But now we look back at it and it seems like an ultimate modern classic, you know, circa 500 horsepower and things like that. So yeah, it's easy to sit here and complain, but I would agree that three RS seems really overcomplicated. Surprising from Porsche. It's obviously we've got, a Huracan STO, similar kind of makeup. We, yeah, MG GT Black Series, but I guess a little bit more practicality. No, I mean, that's better. Than, I think the Black Series is better than both of them in terms of for the road. You're probably right. Yeah. But, you know, they're not the first to go this extreme. But, you know, Porsche tends to be a little bit more sensible about the way they go about things. This is literally a cup car with plates stuck on, which they must have... They must have worked out people want. They must have, because Porsche don't make, you know, haphazard decisions. They don't, no. And and as well, they do make cars for their customers. And for a lot of the people that are going to use them as intended, it will be okay. But there will also be a lot of people that won't even know what the buttons do. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I, I saw a, a quote or, or heard something in one of the videos about it creating as much downforce as a full-on cup car at 140 or 150 mile hour. I mean, you can't do that on the road anyway, but you can on track. I mean, that is unbelievable. Outrageous. For a road car to 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 create that sort of downforce. I mean, it's it's very similar to Senna uh, yeah. downforce. And we, we, was it 800 kilos or something? I think, I mean, yeah. That seems to be the number. quote me, but it's around, I mean, it's an unbelievable amount of downforce. Well, hopefully we will get the chance to get behind the wheel of it when they start coming out and about. Uh, And it'll be intriguing to see, but I think Porsche would probably be quick to say, well, look, it's not a road car. You know, I think that I'm sure the launch... They've already said it. Yeah, all the launch materials, everything, like it's all going to happen on a a track and they're going to say, like, you know, you can't really test this car on the road because that's not what it's for it's so it's for, yeah. you know fair play i guess in, in that sense and uh let, let's let's wait and see but yes my it, knee my immediate reaction was it'll be interesting to see what the market does and what what they actually ach- i mean we all know they're going to be stupid money over list I, i've already had conversations with people branding numbers of what they're going to be over and whatnot but it'd be interesting to see because the, the if you look at the sto as a car and the GC3 RS, although I don't think they compete them cars, um, if it's a similar kind of car, um, the STO is a bit of a flop, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. look, you've driven one. I mean, yeah, no, they're, they're, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. No, I really enjoyed it. But but if you look at the used market, yeah, they've been trading actually under their retail value. Yeah, uh, in comparison to some other you know pri- previous examples from Lambo or other marks that yeah. have traded over. So yeah, the three RS is going to be super interesting. Uh, it's probably not going to be that far away. So let's hold our breath. But let us know in the comments below what were your thoughts when the when the 
covers finally came off the three RS and we saw it in, it in its full glory and found out about all these details, were you like, oh, I want one, or were you thinking, it oh, seems to be a little the thing bit is too every, extreme because it's a Porsche as well, and much the, because of the brand value and much the same as Ferrari as well. Even if people don't want one and they're offered one, they're still going to have one. They'll just sell it. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, no, you're probably it, right. It, it, you would be mad not to take, just go, oh, actually, that's not for me. It's too hard because they'll give it to someone else and they'll flip it anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just get a Sport Classic instead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what a car. Yeah. No, no, no thank you. Uh, anyway, well, let's, let's move on because I say we've got a lot of cars to work through. And from one car that, Seems a little pointless to maybe another. What were your thoughts on the Lamborghini Urus Performante? Willy waving. Yeah. Comple- <laughs> I mean, an absolute complete waste of time and money. Yes. I don't I don't see the point in it. I mean, I have long said I'm not really a fan of these super quick SUVs. That's my uh, favourite. And the Urus was already the most extreme. Yeah. And they, oh my God, they sell by the bucket load. I see them yeah. absolutely everywhere. It doesn't matter where I am in the world, I seem to find a Urus somewhere. Yeah. They are so popular. Yeah. And they are very much the Lambo of the SUV world. They're all about presence and status and everything. And it's incredible just a drive. proper car as well, mate. I know it's. I know you're not keen on them, but it but it is a proper bit of kit. It drives. It's literally drives like a supercar on jacked up. But it's a proper how bit many of kit. Euros owners are driving them like supercars? Because no, every time not I see many. them, they're in the city. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so a statement car, isn't it? Why do you need the Performante? Exactly, mate. Uh, and, and no, 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 and and as well, like. I mean, is it another 30 or 40 horsepower or something? It's got a bit more carbon. It's a little bit lighter. Looks all, a bit Mansory-esque. It's already two and a half tonne. What does it matter if it's 80 kilos or 100 kilos? Like, it's too heavy. And and what what, what if something's 610 horsepower, why do you care if it's 650 in a two and a half tonne car? If it's, if it's a 1.2 tonne car, 1.3 tonne car, yeah, I get it. Because it, that, that's its purpose. But... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's probably another 40 or 50 grand in terms of money. Basically what it is, everyone, it's Lamborghini thinking, how can we reinvent the Urus? Well, do you think this is a result of the Urus being as popular as it was? Or do you think Lambo always had this plan? They they would have already, they would have had it planned and they probably brung it in later than what they expected because um, they, it's done so well as a car. They probably thought, well, we're going to do this after two years because look what they do with the, Hurricane with a with a performante, you know what I mean. It's normally a couple of years, but it's been four and a half years. Mm-hmm. But, but it's flew that Urus. Yeah. So, but they will they will have data and and have and have uh, analysis that sales worldwide would be falling away. And as it falls away, they then go right. We better do something about this because we need the sales need to keep going. So that's probably what's happened. Sales have started to fall away. Oh, we bring that performante thing out now. Do you want to know the actual stats? Because some of the figures you were just flailing around are wildly off. Are they? Are they really? <laughs> so the weight saving, 47 kilos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... When I say 100. It's like half of me. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, that's pointless. Yeah. Secondly, it gains 15 horsepower. Oh, 15. One, yeah, no. five. Yeah. So it rises a little bit lower, which sounds uncomfortable. And it's a little bit wider. Yeah. And you get carbon fiber wheel arches that house bigger, lighter wheels. And it increases the downforce. (laughs) Because, you know, that's really important. So, I mean... It's got a little wing on it, that's why. It's got a really horrible little wing. Yeah. But, I mean, that is... I mean, it's all marketing. And look, 
people will fall for, not fall for it. Is it another forty or fifty grand? Uh, no, it's uh, well, you tell me. It's a hundred and seventy grand list. Plus, I don't know what the old car was. Yeah, hmm. I don't know what the old car. No, it's was. not forty or fifty then. But 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 it's, as you say, it's a way to reinvigorate the sales because if yeah. you've had a Euros from new, maybe you think our oh, cars cool, go get Performante because absolutely, there's a huge Euros customer base that it is about stunting i guess or about sh- showing off about yeah. you know the the road presence and and you want the latest and the greatest so even though it's probably rather pointless in terms of what you're actually gaining it's going to look better it's the newer it's the updated version it's the best one so yeah. you're going to go and buy it aren't you yeah, yeah most people will yeah mad well we'll keep our eyes peeled for those on uh sloan street in the months ahead um now i got very excited by the launch of the last W16 Bugatti. Oh, I saw that. The Mistral. Oddly, I didn't get excited. Really? You don't think it's a good-looking car? Oh, I'm not interested. No, but 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 aside from that, because <laughs> we often disagree on We're Bugatti. Back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we often disagree we on go. Bugatti. I, I obviously am a huge fan, adore yeah. the cars, I'm baffled by the engineering, just love what the brand represents. Because you were seduced by the factory. Absolutely seduced. Yeah. I was given great croissants, lovely coffee and everything, but, you know, you haven't had that experience, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when were you invited to the Bugatti factory? Um, How many Ferraris you own? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to pay any money to go drive a Bugatti, so... <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm so into it, and I'm also semi-excited by their new era, because I think Matteo Rimac is kind of a genius, had the opportunity to meet him a few years ago, really cool guy, and so I'm excited to see what Bugatti will become, and this is a last hurrah, and I think from a design point of view, it's a stunning car, personally. Yeah. Um, and, and from that point of view, you know, the fact that you can... I What I couldn't work out, is it? Is it like a Barchetto? Is it roof-off only? I don't think it's even got a bolt-on roof, does it? Uh, I, I, paid, I think it's a full roadster. It had a microsecond of my attention. Okay. I wasn't interested. Yeah. I, I'm not really... In general, I don't really... It's different for you because you have to be interested in it because it's your job as well. But unless I can afford to buy something, it doesn't really interest me. I'd be really, fuming. yeah. It's a new Bugatti, mate. Like, that's I pretty know, made. and they're very good and they're very cool, and I really respect them. But actually, I, I don't. I mean, I couldn't afford one. Firstly, but even if I could, I don't know if I'd buy one. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. I know. I you don't would. know if I would yeah. buy this one because, like, we live in the UK, like, and this is like. I mean, ultimate stunting. Did you see Shmi went on that event with the Lavatoire Noir? No. Actually, TFJ, Freddie bloody drove the thing. Did I saw he? him the other day. I meant to ask him about that. He has the most expensive new car and Bugatti ever made, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's a bit like, well, you know, it is just a, and it's not a shill. And I think, is it a super sport or is the center now underneath? I get confused. But long story short, there's nothing revolutionary apart from the way this car looks. The yeah. fact it's got no roof. And I think the shill ones may be a little bit better looking in my opinion. Um, this one is a five million euros. So yeah, it is quite expensive. It's telephone numbers. Um, but it's I don't know. I I I say I like the brand. I like the brand. And from the Veyron on, I've always been excited by what Bugatti done. Yeah. Even if it's a bit out there, they've got that bleed thing coming at some point. Don't they? That Gran Turismo track only kind of crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, a good friend of mine had one, and I absolutely appreciate them. And you know, they're an engineering masterpiece for sure. And I and I and I get all that, but. They just don't really, they just don't really do it for me, mate. I just, you know. Okay. Well, like, I'm a fan. It's just a big golf, isn't it? As I say, I'd like to understand 
if it has a roof that you can put on. You didn't buy it tonight. So, sorry? I just said it's just a big gulf. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you hear it? I actually didn't. And I'm going to move on. Because okay. I knew you said it just to wind me up. Um, but yeah, so let me know, uh, those of you who are well-read or maybe Bugatti employees, uh, can you put a roof on the Mistral or is it literally a complete roadster? Yeah. Now, from one insane hypercar that you don't care about to another. Um, oh, really? And to be fair, I only cared about this because I filmed a video just before we took off on our break, before I went off on my holidays, I filmed the last ever manual Koenigsegg. Right. I, uh, uh, can we talk about Bugatti's <laughs> again? Bear with me. So I filmed this video now and I actually really enjoyed the experience because I, Koenigsegg, I've always just gone over my head a little bit. They've annoyed me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Slightly, well, you uh, said several times you don't like them. I don't like them. It's poor man's Ferrari, you say. Well, no, I said I thought it was the people who couldn't get invited to buy laughs 918s. So they go and find another brand that they can say, Oh, but look at but look at me, I've got a Kernistic. So you've changed it's, your mind? No, 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 I'm saying the same thing. It's the way they are represented online, right. the way that they seem to be more about illustrating wealth and social status than actually a car to be celebrated. So is it a Chav's car, but a few quid? Not a Chav's car. It's, as I say, it's it's like I'm buying it to show you how wealthy I am rather than I'm buying it to go and drive. That's the impression I got. It could be wrong because I, I have met Kernisag owners and they tend to be super nice and pretty enthusiastic car people that have lots of cars. But on social media, more often than not, Koenigsegg seem to represent to me people just going, I'm so wealthy because I bought a Koenigsegg, rather than I'm going on a road trip in my Koenigsegg, look at me on this great canyon road in my Koenigsegg. It's more like, look at me, rock up to a car meet and open the doors yeah. in my Koenigsegg. So that's what annoyed me. But I, the guys at Octane Collection gave me a lot of pressure to experience, it's called the CCXR edition, the last ever manual Koenigsegg. And it was kind of pre all these ones that have become social media famous, Agueras and Regueras and whatever. So I went and had a go and it was awesome. <laughs> you know, thousand horsepower, rear wheel drive, manual, you know, it, it was, it was very cool. 
very muscle car-esque. I did really enjoy it. Still doesn't make me love the brand, but it made me respect uh, some of the cars. And then Car Week, two days before my video went live, they unveil a new manual Koenigsegg. Did they? Yeah, and I was like, oh, come on. So I had to jump on. Like, I was like down, re-downloading YouTube because I deleted it all from my phone during my holiday. I had to log on to YouTube Studio, which I really didn't want to do and change the titles. And I was like, I'm not going to look at anything else. I don't want to think about work, but I just need to... I need to deal with this. Yeah, because then all the comments were like, ah, it's not the last manual Koenigsegg. They Uh, just released a new one. (laughs) (laughs) But whilst I know you care nothing about the car, and I don't really want to talk to you about that, I want to talk to you about its gearbox. Because did you see anything about the gearbox of this car? No, nothing. Okay. So by calling it a manual, it's not strictly correct. This is where every now and again, Christian von Koenigsegg can be a genius. How many pedals has it got? Well, it has three. So you've got, I think it's a six-speed manual. Hold on a second. Or maybe it's an eight-speed manual. Eight-speed? Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because I, oh God, I should always prepare, and I never prepare. Okay, yes. Six-speed manual gearbox. Uh-huh. But it has the ability to be a fully automatic. Sequential? Nope. You put the car into one of the slots in the gated manual, and it's an automatic. Oh, that's going to blow up. I don't know if it will. It's like the single-geared Regera. Is yeah. it the Regera or the Yesco? Which one's got the single gear? I think it's the Regera. And everyone's like, that makes no sense. But it, apparently it does, because people are out there enjoying them. And this was the thing that... With got two this, gearboxes, then? It's got two, if not three. So here we go. So to, to that end, the company highlights the new Engage Shift system, acclaimed world-first innovation that essentially changes the ratios of the six-speed manual gearbox to offer dr- differing performance characteristics according to the drive mode. It also has an automatic gearbox setting with nine ratios for more relaxed driving. Nine ratios? So you've basically got multiple gearboxes in one. You can drive it as a six-speed manual, as was the original car that it's kind of celebrating because it's basically uh, shaped like that. Four-wheel drive. Or you could... No, no, rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel so drive. you've got two gearboxes at the back. And 1,300 horsepower. Yeah. I mean, I really probably need to sit down and listen to exactly how this all works. I'm not sure I saw enough content of people really explaining. I think maybe I am assuming JWW did a whole video on it. But it's such a baffling and new concept, this kind of multiple gearbox thing. I'm not sure anyone explained it very well because I did try and consume some content. Um, let me see if I can find anything else. But whilst we get our heads around it, what well, are your thoughts? Do you think that is... I know you hate the manual gearbox anyway, but could you see more manufacturers adopting this to offer... So Ma- so Porsche, for example, rather than having to offer a manual or a PDK to someone like me, could you see them adopting something similar so I could drive my GT3 as a manual or a PDK depending on what I want? Well... No, because, I mean, it's going to cost a fortune for a start. I mean, to mass produce that, I'm just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an engineer, but I do really understand how the bottom of a car works. And I just, is it all in one casing or is it? Here we go. Topgear.com. Based on the company's light speed transmission, transmission, dubbed Engage Shift System, the relatively lightweight and compact unit weighing just 90 kilos and about the same size as a regular six-speed gearbox features three sets of compound gears with three gears on each set, so nine in total. It does without the traditional flywheel and clutch betwixt the engine and the box. You don't want to have nine forward gears, Koenigsegg explains. That would be way too confusing. Six of forward motion 
and we have nine gears to choose from. We have different gear ratios in track mode than we do in normal and comfort. That's right, different ratios depending on which mode you select. Oh, this is so complicated. First oh gear God. in normal mode then starts off in the second of the nine gears because first is super short in the nine speed, while second gear is actually fourth. So is it a double double clutch system? Um, I mean, there's got- a sort of hydraulic link from the clutch pedal to the clutches. There are six clutches. When you move the clutch pedal, it's exactly one-to-one of pressure on these clutches like you use in a manual. Oh, mate. Too much. No, no, I'm gone. Yeah, you're right. Very expensive, but I, I think for the enthusiast, it's an interesting suggestion, an interesting way of going about it. I suppose on your five million quid car. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but if it does dial down, if Koenigsegg ends up being a bit of a leader in terms, we haven't really seen any other cars adopt the single gear. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be polite. But let's see. Maybe they're groundbreakers or maybe they're just doing things for headlines. Yeah. But it's it's genius tech, the fact that they are offering it. Whether it works, how it's utilised, I don't know. Yeah. And with ever, you know, like, let's wait until the car turns up on the road and people are driving it. Some clever buggers thought of it. Uh, someone I, mean, it yeah. might, it might, I mean, it must be clever, mate. I mean... Yeah. No, no, it's definitely well, clever, but... Well, it's beyond me. Uh, more crazy, pointless cars that none of us are ever going to want or buy are the McLaren Solus GT. No idea. It was a ma- it was a Gran Turismo concept that McLaren went, let's build it. <laughs> so clearly some one of their customers went, oh, we like, look at that. Can they you build me one? their cars, though, just think of something, go, let's build yeah. it. <laughs> it's got a V10 in it. It's an Audi engine, then. No, I think... It's an old F1 engine. Oh, my God. The Solus GT is powered by a 5.2-litre V10. Sounds like an Audi. Sounds like an Audi. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a sec. Let's see. uh, A Formula One-inspired carbon fibre steering wheel is also present. All 25 units are already sold for £3 million apiece. Nothing more on the engine. So, yeah. It's basically an Audi R8 with a McLaren body. Yeah, for okay, three fine. million quid. Yeah, it seems very strange. <laughs> this seems really expensive. Up to ten thousand RPM. Yeah. Wow. I mean, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the the list of cars continues. We had the Bentley Batur, which was like the most powerful W twelve Bentley ever. I saw that. Bit weird. Yeah. Bit big. Not really a yeah. Was that one point two million? Something stupid. Yeah, yeah. All the money again. Yeah. Uh, Aston Martin DBR22, the rebodied Vantage Roadster thing, V12 Roadster, Speedster, pointless again, all no. the money. Celebrating an old race car from Not the interested. The Maserati MC20 Cello, or Cielo, Cielo, it's the Spider, MC20 Spider. No one even realised it launched. <laughs> Not did I. It launched a car. I was like, oh, I was oh. doing my research today, go, trying to catch up and remind myself of it launched. MC20 Cielo, cielo. I bet that's quite a good looking car, that. I bet it's beautiful. I bet it sounds awful. Yeah. And no one will buy it because same as the MC20, isn't it? It's a bit harsh. It's a bit oh, true. Yeah, you're though, right. Yeah. yeah. No one's bought it, yeah. <laughs> bit harsh, but a bit true. Like, I mean, I know production numbers are low, but you don't see those cars. I think well, Alex- Alexander sold theirs, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, Alexander sold theirs. Production numbers are low, mate, because no one's bought it. Well, there we go. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I just, I just don't think it's as beautiful as it is. I don't think it's a very desirable car. And taking no. the roof off, it sounds like a vacuum. It sounds worse than a McLaren, that car. So why are you taking the roof off? That's a few quid as well. Oh, 200 all quid. The money. Yeah. Uh, another interesting roadster. 
V12 Vantage. They are now doing a roadster. Oh. So having said they would never put that engine in the car, they put it in the car and made a roadster. Yeah. So, I mean, Aston Martin going through a weird time at the moment. They've been... We, we'll well, just at it. the moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so For sure the last hundred years. Yeah, in future episodes, there's been a lot of sort of talk about, you know, the new vision and all change and the Valhalla finally got an unveiling and, you know... Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> now, you wouldn't have seen much about this, uh -huh. um, but I wanted to just touch on it because I love it. The Myers-Manx 2.0, the electric June buggy thing. Did you see anything about this? No, nothing. So it's like an iconic, oh, I'm going to get all my years wrong and people are going to tell, yell, yell at me. But as we said the, at the start the what, of the episode, the, the magic, don't know. The magic what? Myers-Manx. It Myers was like a June, an iconic June buggy from California, I think, back in the 70s. Again, as I say, people are going to yell at me. And it was kind of like this kind of rocker, surfer... It was kind of like a really cool thing. People put huge engines in them and you would take your surfboard and go down to the sand dunes. It was a really cool... A oh, hippie car. Thing. Yeah, a real hippie car. Right. Iconic from that era. If you saw imagery from it, you go, oh, all right. I think it was in Grand Theft Auto. Like, just a cool thing. And it's been coming back and it's had a sort of bit of a... Um, a re no, what am I, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's had a... When you breathe life into something. A rebirth. Thank you. It's had a bit of a rebirth. And they've now launched this electric version, Myers-Manx 2.0. I think it looks amazing. And along the lines of a Twizy or something that's a bit of a silly car, you're not going to have it in London. If you did, you'd be a legend. But it's cool. And they've done, I think, very cleverly modernised an iconic old car to look great and have a more futuristic power plant. I think they've done a great job. I, just want, I don't want to... There's no point in discussing it because you don't know what it is and you don't no care idea. and you're going to be rude. I just wanted to touch on it and bring all of our lovely audience's attention to it in case they missed it. And me. Now, we can either jump into the Puro Sangue at this point, huh? the Ferrari, yeah, or we can touch on the new Mustang and the new Pagani. Well, we can we touch on them and then we go to the Ferrari. Okay. New Ford Mustang. Did you see the imagery? No. What, what have you been doing? I've been on holiday, mate. Okay. Really good looking. I'm going to bring it up on here now. Um, we bring it up for the viewers. Of course, of course. Lovely. So just between you and I, in future weeks, I ordered, ordered, I ordered the wrong cord for some reason. There'll be a screen. Do you see that screen there underneath the camera? I can see it perfectly, thank you. It's going to be linked up so I can bring up imagery there for you so you can see what I'm talking about more Brilliant. easily. That'll be good, won't it? Very good, mate. I thought I got it all set up, but I ordered the wrong cable. So oh. next week, that will help you a lot. It will help me a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for now, let me just show you. Well, most Mustangs look the same. So No, really but this one's a little bit more aggressive. Is it? Yeah, it's Ooh. got a bit more of an angular front. Can you see that? It looks the same. <laughs> it, looks, it looks exactly the same, but different front. I really like that. I think it's great. And they've kept the big old V8. I think you can also get a four pot. Um, you, you could in the old car. I think it's a different, I think it's a newer EcoBoost. It's slightly different right. four cylinder, I think. Has it got a 320 speed gearbox? <laughs> Nine speed, automatic and manual. Ten. Um, but no, I, I really like this. I think this is a super cool car. I've always liked the Mustang. If they've improved the interior, which we don't know yet, because I don't think they released imagery, then that will be a big step forward. I know there's got one shots. in stock. You got an old Mustang in stock. Twenty-one oh, mate, plate. The new interior is amazing. It's got like screens like the S class. Oh. Oh, I'm a big fan. Do you want it? I do. I mean, there's no point in having that and an F-Type. It's a 2.3 litre. Yeah, EcoBoost. Same the old car. Oh, okay. So they haven't really done too much. No. Well, they just like put it. new screens in it. And yeah, what about great. the V8? Is that there? No V8? Yeah, no V8, V8. And a V8 as well. V8, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Oh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, like be 60 grand and more. Not a fan of the new Pagani, though. Oh. Pagani Utopia. No, I I was going to say a swear word. I'm going to do it. Name. Oh. <laughs> ben, bleep that out, please. But uh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. It basically looks like a wire. 
Yeah, sort of. Because I saw pictures of the third Pagani now. So we have the Zonda icon, Huayra, Utopia. Right. 864 horsepower, V12 manual. Really ugly, I think. I just... It surprises me because in my mind, Paganis have always somewhat been beautiful, even right. though I'm not a big Huayra fan. A thing to look at, beautiful. Mm. Zonda, iconic. I've always thought as Horatio is the designer, Koenigsegg the engineer. This came along, I was like, oh, oh, what's happened? Has he got that turbo engine in it still? No, naturally aspirated V12. It's oh. gone back to... It's oh, like, it's gone back to NA. Yeah, NA manual, 1,200 kilos, just under 1,300 kilos. Um, That's why it's got not got that much power then. Because 800 something now ain't a lot for a hypercar. No, 860 horsepower. For a hypercar, it's not a lot. Okay, you're right, because we just talked about something which had 1400 horsepower. Yeah. But, well, good. I'm glad but it doesn't. Going backwards. The thing is, here we go. Hold on a sec. This is a bit confusing. Fitted with the. Le- where's the. Oh, no. Not naturally aspirated. It's the Huayra engine. It's <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, it's the Huayra engine. Just renamed it. Yeah, sorry. God. I mean, you can tell not only are we out of practice, but we're back to our old ways of just knowing nothing that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is like a hypercar get, show this week. I mean, people I've get got so no interest though, in hypercars. But people get so annoyed when we don't know our research. I always think the interior is boring. Well, it's all the same, mate. No, it's not. I think actually because traditionally the interiors have always been very intricate and over-designed and have these amazing elements. This one just looks a bit uh, dull. I don't know. Like, Pagani, I love you as a brand, but I feel like you've got this one a bit wrong, mate. Yeah, you nailed the Zonda, though. Nailed the Zonda. So well done. Okay. So, we've moved on from hypercars. You say, got nothing to talk about, people message me incessantly asking us to talk about these cars. Hypercars. I agree. I don't have a lot of interest in them. Nor do I. I hope to be able to drive them at some point because, well, why not? Big but crash. A lot, yeah, a lot of the information goes over my head slightly. Yeah. But people really do want us to discuss them. Okay. So we'll we keep going. We did it. Uh, no, let's move on to something a bit more relevant to us, at least. Something we can afford. Because, yes, the well, I can't afford it. Can you afford it? The Ferrari yeah. SUV? Of course. Oh, you're so rich. The Ferrari... I'm going to call it the... I'm pur- not going to buy one, by the way. Everyone. The Puro no Sang? Yeah. That's what I'm going to go for. Should we agree on that for now, for the rest Whatever of the podcast? Whatever you like, mate. Yep. The Puro Sang, we're going to call it the rest of the podcast. Yeah. So, obviously, we knew this was coming. It's been rumoured and leaked and spied forever. Forever. But I will come out and say, I think the final product is very good looking. Me too. Actually beautiful. Yeah. They but, nailed the final product. But when a Ferrari's in general not beautiful... There'll, still, there'll be some shitters, but in general, yeah, I'm still like the not 360 convinced by the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you. I was trying to interject there because I could actually hear the cogs in your brain whirring. You're such a dick. But I don't think the two, I'm not still not convinced by the 296. Well, still not convinced by the 296. Well, I'm getting one, so you can look up close to one. You are buying cars left, right, center. I thought you were getting a Roma. I am, yeah. You're getting a 296 as well? Yeah. Oh my God. Just spanking the cash. It's been a good summer for you. Unless this podcast doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm getting this F90. <laughs> so the Purusang, uh, yeah, I think really good looking. Obviously those early leaks, which we saw a few months ago of the car in the factory and everyone's like, oh, that's hideous. Yeah. Uh, as ever, obviously wasn't the finished product. No. So now we've seen the full V12 version. Absolutely glorious. Um, they're reckoning 400K plus plus. Joke. So it's 320-odd plus options. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. 300... Oh, I thought it was 390 plus options. Oh, really? I thought so. Oh. Um, I thought they were going to be about 400k done spec. No, I think that's the other engine because we're still not certain, but we know that there's other engines coming. Right. Whether it's going to be the, the V6 from the 296. That's correct. A V8. Can we so, say that? Yeah, I, I think we can, we can discuss it. We uh, don't uh, know. Uh, well, well, as far as I know, oh, here he is. is that there is a 296 powertrain. Yes. And a V12, which okay. is basically a 812 super fast engine detuned. Right. I also heard that maybe it was going to be a variation of the V8 from the SF90 with or without hybrid power chain. Oh, I think they're done with that V8 now. I think that's finished. I would agree. Yeah. But but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um so they yeah, they launched it with the with the big V12, the big because I think that that's Ferrari, right? It's Ferrari history. It's yeah. so important for that brand to have stuck a V12 in it. Yeah. Uh apparently that's a very sim- super limited run the V12s. All the cars are basically sold out. Yeah. Um so if you want to go and order a Prius and they say I'm so sorry sir, but you can wait there's another engine coming. But hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. They were they are all sold out. An 812 Superfast was sold out when it was launched, and then it wasn't sold out. So let's just wait and see. Eh? Okay. I was just going with rumours. Yeah. So while I'm hearing rumours, whispers on the street. Yeah. Do you know, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few bad things to say about that. Oh, car. my God. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Go on, um, hit me with them. From what I've seen, I mean, I can compl- absolutely completely agree with you. It looks lovely outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think as well... Now, especially with modern Ferraris, it will be colour dependent as well. Yeah, spec dependent for yeah, sure. Yeah, colour and spec dependent. I think the inside looks a bit cheap. <gasps> yeah. I oh, think I it really looks like the bit... inside. That was one of my favourite parts about it. I think yeah. the interior is really good looking. Mm, no, I, I think it looks a bit plasticky and cheap. I don't think it I don't think it I don't think it will be anywhere near as plush inside as a German rival. But which did you see the weird um electro what's called a computer generated photos or did you see the physical photos at the launch events of the uh, interior i don't know because the i i, I hate know, those computer generated photos that ferrari launched their cars i think they're disgusting. i saw a lot a lot of photos okay full stop the physical car i think looks really plush think of a luso do you think a luso is cheap and not nice inside i i just think in general if ferrari are good and i get why you buy a ferrari it's not necessarily in general if you're buying a supercar ferrari it isn't necessarily for the the the, the tech and the the build inside because you're buying it for the actual car but when you start selling suvs you really do need to up your game and i and i think the germans are still way ahead of them in in that department for a luxury yeah yeah Yeah, you're not but the smell of the ferrari leather for sure but look at a lusso and then look at a bentley you know like yes okay they are still miles off and i don't think they've quite yeah it's got them new screens in it and and looks a little bit you know the new SF90 and the 296 they they do look better but but they they're still i think they're still miles off mate yeah but i i will go back to what you just said you made the point very well yourself it, it's not a luxury car in the sense it's an expensive car but it's a sports car of sorts but it's so an SUV so it is luxury car yeah, uh, yeah so this is where there's probably a conflict of interest That's what right? I'm so, saying, yeah. so you know it all other Ferraris, you know, I, th- I always think that the the leathers, the materials, everything about it does feel very nice, very well put together, and the design of the new ones are, are good. When you're wading into this SUV market, do you expect more for 400k? I think so, yeah. Because 
Are there the, any other? What's a Cullinan? Is the only one price wise that it rivals? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to work out. Wait, so I've been tapping away. I mean, Ferrari laptop. can ask what they want for their cars, by the way, because they always sell them. You know, so no problem. And 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 I think they have taken the piss a little bit with the price of this car, but because they can, of course, they're they Ferrari, um, and they do really, really take the peas with the options with the, the you know the option list and stuff you know when you well change. that's the thing you know you can start adding adding stuff it's going to be ridiculously expensive there'll be there'll be half a million pounds yeah yeah, yeah, I, expect, yeah. I expect there will be i expect yeah. you know there'll be bits on them where they'll you know you almost you pay like double you yeah. know like you have it you they give you a set of wheels standard but then like with a bmw or an audi when you swap the wheels from factory they'll take the original price of the wheels off whereas a Ferrari, they charge you twice, basically. <laughs> and it's the same with the like livery stripes and oh stuff. Oh my god, all of that stuff with painted or non-painted. Yeah, so or, you know. so if you want a non-painted one and put your own stripe, you pay for two stripes. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's they get away with it. It's Ferrari. See what it, it is, isn't it? It is Ferrari. I'm just trying to compare it. I was tapping away on my laptop because I wanted to look at weight versus the Eurus. Because for me, you know, it's all gonna be, be about how this car drives or performs. It's a couple of hundred kilos lighter than the Eurus. Yeah, I thought it would be, yeah. So a couple hundred kilos lighter. So yeah. You know, it's going to be so interesting. It doesn't look massive. I think dimensions-wise, I'm just looking here. Again, it's a bit it's a bit shorter. It's the same width as a Euros. It's a little bit uh, lower, similar wheelbase. So it's a bit shorter. The body's a bit shorter and, yeah. and lower, but otherwise it's very similar. I, I think it's good looking. I mean, it's going to be such a uh, rare product, the V12, because of its price. Yeah. But I think we'll see tons of them because I think every big Ferrari customer will go out and buy one. Uh, I think they already have, mate. I yeah. think I think that's you know I think they've already they've already bought them. I think that was that was the thing. I think. So I guess the question will be is how much more in inverted commas affordable could a V6 or V8 version be? If this is a sort of three hundred and ninety odd grand car, what's going to be fifty or sixty grand cheaper? Yeah, they're yeah. not going to do a hundred grand cheaper, are they? No. So it's always going to be, and I'm sure, yeah, as you say, Ferrari have done that because they can, but also it's definitely a a decision, you know, an active decision to to price this in a way that makes it this super exclusive, yeah, um, product right at the top of their range. Well, I mean, look at a Spect Lusso back in the day. Mm-hmm. If you really, really, really wanted to, you'd get one of them at three hundred. Yeah, if you wanted really to back to in Carol, the day, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, that was five, six years ago now. So things have moved on. It's Ferrari. As they always say, no one rivals our car, which is our cars, which is why they never bother with Nürburgring times and stuff like that. They're not interested because they are what they are and they're the strongest car brand in the world. So sure. why, why do they don't need to justify anything, do they? So they sell everything. Because we love them. Oh. Um, and we love them. Well, I think that kind of... Oh, last question. Would you have one? Uh, not that money, no. No. I'd rather have a, I'd have a Nurus. Yeah. I'm sure, it's 100 grand and more cheaper. And it's, would uh, you have a Ferrari FUV? SUV? And like, would you have a... Would you have a Urus? No. No. Um, I wouldn't spend 250 grand on an SUV, no. No. Not, not you know regardless to whether you can afford it yes or no because i just think at a hundred grand range rover or any any of the other german products i mean how, how much better can they all be you know like on the road is a big suv family car supercar no problem we'll you know, talk about it, it but next week i'm sure in a future episode for example range rover sport the hybrid that new hybrid sport i drove 
plenty enough on the road. Mm. Plenty. Of course, like most things. Yeah, and yeah. that's 115 grand, yeah. so you already a quarter which of the price. A, of a, which is still a joke, because the previous model car, when they come out in 2013, fully specced would have been very early 70s. So we'll get into that as I in, in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's brought us up to date with all the cars that launched. Like I can't, I sort of feel like maybe we've missed them. There've been so many. There was that KTM thing that launched that. No idea. No. <laughs> so many. If you think that there are particular cars that we did miss out on that you were desperate for us to talk about, let us know. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We do have a live episode coming up at the weekend, which we yeah. can't wait for. So we, Maybe able to include them. Then. Not, actually, what I want to do at that live episode is catch up with what we've been up to. Yeah, we're not well. We're, <laughs> Are we? As at the beginning, you've never been well. No. Um, but yeah, definitely the live episode. We'll catch up and, and bring you all up to date with what we've been doing the last few weeks and some exciting developments for the weeks ahead. I am going to Perth in Australia. So any Australian listeners, now. get in touch. Not like after, after this episode. I'm off, no. Well, it doesn't surprise me because sometimes you say, mate, I've got to go, I've got to get on a plane. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. No, but October, Perth, Australia. More on that to come soon. And we are still working on, looking very likely, a behind-the-glass trip to LA, California. Yeah, so again, will be cool. US listeners, get in touch and stay tuned because we may have some very exciting announcements for you about that trip mm. soon enough. That'll be a little bit later in the year as well. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we round up today's episode? No. No? Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for turning up. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the, coming in. Yeah, as we said at the beginning, uh, if you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe now. Turn on notifications. We're trying to build our subscriber numbers once again. Um, but yeah, make sure you don't miss future episodes. If you're listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast player uh, leave us a review we'd love that five star review if you want give us a one star review if you hate tony that's totally fine and send uh, money and send money <laughs> tony just wants your money uh, otherwise we'll be back with you for another episode next week bye-bye see ya flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.